This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. So the Voice referendum is now done and dusted, and even though the final votes are not quite yet fully counted, it's clear that Australians returned an overwhelming no vote, with all states and around 60% of the country saying they didn't want a voice to parliament. In this quiz shortcut, we're going to break down how Australia voted, what lessons everyone's taking from the result, and the big question for the country, where to from here. Squiz Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. So Saturday the 14th, referendum day, Claire, we all went and voted. By Saturday night, you and I were on our separate couches watching the results come in. We know Claire doesn't enjoy company (laughs) on election result nights, polling result nights. First thing to note, it came in quickly. It wasn't even 7.30 before Anthony Green had called it for the no side. Look, I don't even mind company (laughs) on election nights. You just need to understand I'm going to be doing my own thing. But that's not the point of these shortcuts. So yeah, you're right. At 7.24pm, mm. Anthony called it. Uh, remember, because ballot papers were just a simple yes or no proposition and the handful of informal votes as well. They're actually quite easy to count. And we knew that with some of those smaller polling places that we'd get the result pretty quickly. And yeah, so just really a bit more than an hour after the polls closed, Anthony Green called Tasmania for the no side, then New South Wales, then South Australia became the third state. And it showed an overwhelming rejection of the voice. And remember, the yes campaign needed four states to vote Mm. yes for that double majority. So when South Australia fell into that no pile, it was done. Yeah, it was done and dusted. Now, you could feel a library with what's been written in the aftermath of the referendum. There's been a lot of blame. There's a lot of hurt. What we want to do today with this shortcut is just really focus in on some of the factual takeouts from the vote so we can understand what just happened. Yeah, and one of the things that was quite clear early on Saturday night was that in many safe Labor seats, places that delivered Anthony Albanese an election win just last year, that there was a rejection Mm. of the voice. So Anthony Green calculated it as 16% swing of Labor votes against the voice. And that resulted in close to 80% of all federal Labor seats voting no, or putting it in another way, just 19 out of Labor's 78 seats voted yes. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because the conventional wisdom was that Australia was kind of going to divide on party lines and that was just blown out of the water. Yeah, nothing really conventional about Mm. what happened. So what we've seen with the result is actually more of an inner city versus outer suburbs divide. So Mm. seats with the highest incomes, the highest level of education, they were all clustered really tightly in every capital city. They're in the same kind of places. So for instance, in Sydney, there are seats that are closest to Sydney Harbour, as you can imagine. They're the most expensive property. So Mm -hmm. those sort of higher income people live around those places. Uh, Those were the pockets that voted yes. And then if you look on a map, you really only need to drive 20 kilometres out of the CBD uh, in any of our capital cities to see where the no vote really starts. So you can kind of map this extraordinary picture that's really been 
inner cities, yes, versus the rest of Australia on the no side. There is a pretty important exception to this, and we need to point out that because the AEC can break down voting info to the level of a polling booth, we can see information like this. So the Indigenous populations were more likely to vote yes, and this is important to point out because it did become a contested point throughout the referendum Mm. period. Albanese was saying during the campaign that 80% of Indigenous Australians supported the voice, and the no side were out there saying it was nowhere near that high, but turns out it was. Yeah, that of course, that 80% number came from a fairly small sample size in a poll that was done fairly early on. So it really was a contested number. But yeah, as we got into that really polling booth level data, it's really fascinating Mm. to clear that up. Um, So those remote booths in the Northern Territory, um, the Electoral Commission, of course, had to fly into many of those communities to conduct the ballot. There was a yes vote of 72% of the 10,000 ballots that were counted there. And even within some rural Queensland seats with the highest no votes, there were strong pockets of yes support at the booths with the largest Indigenous populations in places like Palm Island, uh, Mornington Island, Hope Vale. They all returned about 75% yes votes. Yeah, super interesting when you get into that data. Okay, so we know the fallout from the vote has been pretty brutal. Some Indigenous leaders are maintaining a week of silence to grieve and reflect on the vote, but Parliament has been sitting, so there is still a lot being said about why this referendum was so comprehensively defeated. Yep, when you get all our federal pollies in one Mm -hmm. place, it's hard to get away from it this week. (laughs) And look, some of the most prominent Yes campaigners, including the Prime Minister, they're still incredibly bruised Mm. by all of this. Um, We heard from Labor Senator Malandiri McCarthy say that, and this is the quote, people are feeling absolutely hurt right now, deeply disappointed in their fellow Australians. Uh, But a couple of reflections from the Yes campaign. So Marcus Stewart was very prominent in the campaign in Victoria. He said that the proposal was perceived as niche and that people voted no because they think that there's a better way for constitutional enshrinement. Um, Lots of nuance in, of course, these reflections. Mm. And Mike Freelander, who is a Labor MP in southwest Sydney, so more than 20 kilometres beyond the CBD, Mm -hmm. he said that the Yes campaign was an echo chamber, elites talking to elites and patting themselves on the back. Um, It was really like the whole campaign was run by the inner cities and the outer suburbs were ignored. That's certainly some observations from some involved in those campaigns. Yeah, and we should note there are many in the Yes campaign who blame the No campaign for misinformation and they think that that was a huge factor in the result. As we said, there's lots of analysis flying around. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at where to from here, now that the referendum has been so comprehensively defeated. So we know Anthony Albanese promised a voice, treaty and truth when he was elected PM just last year. The question is, where does this result leave that? It does feel like at the moment everyone is still licking their wounds and kind of struggling to make sense of everything. Yeah, of course, Albanese hasn't quite said those words, voice, treaty and truth in that kind of order. What he said on election night after he was elected last year was that he was committed to the Uluru Statement Mm. uh, from the heart in full. Mm. And that really is what it is. Larissa, you and I went over that when we did Ask the Squiz. There's some nuance in all of that too. But just to get back on track, uh, Indigenous Affairs Minister Linda Burney says that they've got to let the dust settle and also find what communities want to do next. So you can see how personally devastated she was Mm. on Saturday night. Um, That's a little bit of a struggle 
to get back on the horse again. Of course, people need some time to reflect. And what Albanese says is that the government remains committed to improving outcomes for First Nations people. But this is the quote, um, the expectation that the next step should be developed over days is not respectful and not one that I'll engage with. He wants a bit of time to actually get around exactly what it is. And this week of silence is just a small request, he says, from Indigenous leaders, and he wants to honour that. Claire, is it fair to say that no one, not the yes or no sides, not the Prime Minister, not the opposition leader Peter Dutton, no one is saying that the status quo is okay? It seems that in this whole debate, that Indigenous disadvantage, the fact that health, education, life expectancy, all those outcomes are so much worse if you're Indigenous, that everyone is in agreement that something's got to change. Yeah, I think you're right. And we did hear so much from both sides about what's wrong. Uh, Lydia Thorpe was one who was a very powerful voice for the progressive no vote. Uh, Of course, she is a very prominent Indigenous woman. She was voting no because she didn't think the proposal went far enough for Mm. Indigenous people. Um, What she said is going to be a focus is this pursuing of truth-telling. She says that Australians really have this reckoning to do with our history and we can't really move forward until we actually do that. Um, That's been echoed by Catherine Little. She's the Chief Executive of the National Peak Body for Indigenous Children and Families. She reckons until Australians understand what this huge gulf is, they can never really get this argument to progress. Yeah, but we don't really know what the government's going to do, right? We know that Albanese has made it clear, despite his election night promise to implement the Uluru Statement in full, that Australians have rejected that. So he's not really going to commit to next steps just yet. Yeah, so Labor put nearly $6 million towards an independent Makarata commission. That was in the budget last October. Um, That's essentially a forum that would supervise an agreement-making process between the government and First Nations people, um, as well as this sort of truth-telling about what happened in the past. And work has been underway in the bureaucracy to actually design what that commission would look like, but it's fair to say that there's a big question mark over all of it. Mm. Another thing we need to point out is that opposition leader Peter Dutton appears to have backtracked on his pledge to hold another referendum to recognise First Australians in the Constitution after this defeat. It's been a big focus of question Mm. time Mm -hmm. this week. As we said, Parliament has been sitting this week in the wake of that um, referendum defeat. So it's come up a lot. And what he said this week, and this is the quote, the Australian public is probably over the referendum process for some time. Um, He says that all coalition policy on Indigenous affairs is under review. So Jacinta Napanjimpa Price will be leading that along with the Senator Kerri-Ann Little. Also a couple of other things to note though on the policy front from the coalition, they do remain committed to a Royal Commission into child abuse in Indigenous communities, also an audit of all Indigenous funding. So lots still to be settled over the coming time. That's your shortcut to the fallout from the voice referendum. Now on to our recommendations. Each week we like to bring you extra reading, listening or watching on the topic of the shortcut. Now we love ourselves some good data at the Squiz. We've talked a bit about it today in this episode. This result obviously has plenty. Mm. Shane Wright, who's the economics correspondent data nerd at the Sydney Morning Herald, has really taken a deep dive on how Aussies voted divided by income and education in this referendum. So I've got a link to uh, have a squiz at all of that. Yep, seeing is believing on that front. Um, Also, some people didn't really realise that South Australia 
Australia was well on its way to establishing its own state-level voice to Parliament. So I've got an article explaining how that's all going to work. Yeah, interesting, as the state voted no to a federal one. We'll put links to both of those in your episode notes. As always, if you've got something you would like us to do a shortcut on, shoot us through an email to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Until next time. 